everyone and welcome to another episode of Nutrition Uncovered. Hi, I'm Zoe, your host. I'm joined today by Lori, Sarah, and Wendy. Today we'll be diving into the new subject of New Year, New You, where we explore mindfulness, self-care, goals, and different techniques you can use to stay on track with your New Year goals. To get started, I want to welcome Lori Mallo. She's our certified lifestyle coach, entrepreneur, and mom of two. She'll be talking with us about how to be mindful and set smart goals and why they are important. So Lori, could you take us away with that? Yes. Hi. Good. Thank you, Zoe. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about mindfulness. The first thing is we want to think about when we're setting goals, we want to be mindful. We want to really think through our goals because we don't want to set goals that are unrealistic. We want to set goals that we've thought through. And so the acronym is SMART goals. So with the SMART goals, there's you want to be specific. So you want to think through what is the goal? What do I want to do? And let's say, I'll give examples. So when you say specific, you say, I want to exercise. Okay, I'm going to exercise in the new year. And I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes every single day. So that's a specific goal. And we're going to say 30 minutes a day. So that's measurable. We can measure it. But is that attainable? So what we want to do is think, how many days a week am I doing it right now? So we want to be easy on ourselves. We want to think about it and say, we want to be really mindful and say, realistically, can I do that 30 minutes a day? So maybe we start out and we say, ooh, we're going to do 30 minutes. We want to do three times a week because we're not doing anything today. And we want it to be enjoyable. We want it to set a goal that we say, ooh, we've reached that goal. And then we can always readdress our goals. Um, so we also want to make sure so it's attainable. And we want to make sure it's relevant. So why we want to exercise, right? We are, want to exercise because we want to feel better. We want to, maybe we want to try and lose weight. Uh, we, it's good for our minds. It's good for our stress. So that is, if you feel all of those things, and that's a good reason for us to do it. And then time bound. So that's the SMART goal, the, the specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. So another thing, I just want to talk about being time bound, because many, 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 I hear so many people, because I'm a health coach, and I work with many clients that say, Ooh, I want to be skinny by the summer. And what we have to think through, and when we say time bound, is we want to think through if we're we move away from the, the exercise goal and we say we want to lose this weight by the summer. Well, if you want to lose, if you say 50 pounds, I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, if we really do the math and we say, all right, if we started January 1st and we wanted to lose weight by by June because we want to get ready for bathing suit and summertime, 50 pounds, that means we'd have to lose over two pounds a week. And so we really want to think about it and say, wait a minute, what is realistic? What can I realistically, being healthy, being mindful, what can I lose? So that's what you want to think. Do your math. You can set like a three-month goal and you can say, all right, reevaluate it as you're 
going to that three months, you get to the three month mark, you want to look at it and say, all right, how am I doing with this? Maybe I have to reset my goal. So you want to set boundaries around your goal. You want to do a week. You want to do weekly goals, three-month goals, and then long-term goals. And then constantly every week looking at those goals and readjusting as you need to. Awesome. Thank you, Lori. Um, so that was good. We start started with SMART goals. We're going to go into self-care and different techniques you can utilize in your everyday life. So I'm going to start us off here and then we'll move on to Sarah and Wendy. Um, but the main part we want to emphasize, especially to our patients um, about self-care is putting yourself first. Um, and it may seem like a simple thing to do, but a lot of people that we know may put others first, like their families and don't really think about themselves or listen to their bodies. So in the new year, we want to encourage you to um, really focus on what's best for you and what keeps your personal goals in mind and in line. Um, some techniques we have was um, Lori actually shared some mindfulness techniques that she briefly touched on in the SMART goals that she was just talking about. But we also have um, meditation and Reiki and knowing how to listen to your body and self-care could look very different for everyone. It could be um, watching Netflix or it could be going for a walk. It's whatever your body is feeling that day and to go with it and make sure that you are keeping your goals in mind as you go through these self-care um, regimens. And hopefully they will line up with everything that you are doing and then also reevaluate, um, you know, if something's not working, definitely reevaluate and see how you can change it and um, how you can psychologically make yourself better. So another thing that we talked about too is keeping your personal goals personal and not to share your goals too much with others because you want to keep focus and keep doing what you need to be doing to reach those goals. So if you share them with others, psychologically talking about it, then you're re rewarding yourself for doing less and just talking about it rather than, and you're less focused on the goals rather than actually just tunneling in on those goals and focusing on that and rather than just sharing it with everyone. I hope that makes sense on not sharing with a ton of people and just making sure that you stay in line um, with what you need to do. Um, does anyone else have anything to add to that, Wendy or Sarah? I was going to say something about that. So I, I think like sometimes, especially for those like more perfectionist types where, you know, you are, have your expectations for yourself really high. Sometimes if you kind of put it out there, like, oh, I'm doing this. And then you just, maybe you weren't using the SMART goals. It wasn't realistic for you to follow through on some of those. Like you put your expectations here for yourself and then you have to like come back and everyone's going to be asking you like, so how's it going? You know? And if you haven't met those goals, then I think it's just kind of a natural, you know, kind of internal internalizing feeling or message to yourself. Like, ah, I failed. Right. So like, it's hard. It's like the walk of shame, you know, like I didn't do what I set out to do. So I think, you know, that's why the first step, like with the smart goals, that's, that's awesome. Like being realistic, but then you have to be careful when you talk to people as well, because 
if you don't follow through on the, those, you're already being hard on yourself, but then you have that, like, what are people are going to think about me? That kind of stuff. So I would just say, <clears throat> like, I think that makes sense. I do think you also have to be careful who you tell. There's certain people who, you know, don't necessarily want you to be successful. So, you know, there may be like little passive aggressive comments, you know, people who don't want you to succeed. So be careful when you tell people like that, because that you may just kind of feed off their energy, their reactions. But then there are certain safe people. And, you know, like most people know who those people are in their life where they will like share in your successes. They will support you, even if you're not perfect. So, you know, I think like it's just a learning curve with that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and that kind of leads us into our next topic on, we talked about goals, we talked about self-care, but how do we keep track of those healthy habits and keep track of those goals, especially after the holidays when you're coming into this new year and you're thinking, okay, I need to reach this, this, and this. How does that not fizzle out from a month from the new year? Does um, Sarah, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about how you keep your patients on track? Yes. So um, something that I do personally to stay on track is just every week I reevaluate and check in with myself. So say at the new year, I did set a goal that was to exercise more. And something that was realistic for me is three to four times a week. And, you know, I set the day of when, so I'm being very specific, like Lori had mentioned, like what day? What time, when does this realistically fit into my schedule with work, with kids, with family? So when can you do that? And for me, I, you know, my schedule does change each day. So it's kind of something I have to check in throughout the week and what day will I be able to make it to the gym? Will I be able to take that time for myself? So, you know, checking in at the beginning of the week, checking in throughout the week, that's how I stay on track. Because if I, you know, didn't make it to the gym Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's going to leave me four days in a row where I have to, in my head, you know, set my goal. I have to work out these next four days. That puts a lot of stress on me. And I don't know that I realistically could do that when if, you know, the workout class is tough and you're sore the next day and it's just, then it makes it less fun and more stressful. It's more of a chore. So the biggest thing with exercise to me is making it fun, doing something fun that I enjoy. So that way I still want to, I want to keep doing it no matter what. So that's how I stay on track. I pick, I'm very specific about when I pick something that I'm going to enjoy, not something that's going to feel like a chore or feel like not fun to do. And then I check in consistently throughout the week. And that's with diet as well. Sometimes I, even as a dietitian, find myself, you know, going for the wrong thing sometimes. And I check in, why am I going for this? Did I not have enough for lunch? Did I not um, you know, where am I at? And I also will occasionally track on my fitness pal or my plate just to kind of see, am I hitting those goals? Because I still, you know, it's a lot of math per se to do where you have to count your carbs and protein and make sure you're getting in enough, not to just make sure you're not eating overeating, but am I getting what I need? So I do that occasionally, I'll say probably once or twice a week where you might, be someone who needs to do it every day to start to see what does this diet mean for me? So I think just always checking in with yourself, where am I at? What do I need? And going from there. Wendy, do you have anything that you personally do? Yeah, so 
for me, like, you know, and it's a little different right now, like I'm getting over COVID and things like that. So one of the things that I, I've done actually is trying to be okay with like relaxing more. That was like one of my health goals. So I had been like going, 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 and then I got sick. And, um, but really it was like, you know, I did at one point, like I was like talking to my mom a lot more and just like communicating a little bit more with the people I haven't had a chance for. And I was like, wow, this is like what it takes, like me getting sick in order to like kind of reprioritize some things like that are important. So it did offer that opportunity for me. So, you know, the way I'm approaching my goals, you know, not having like new year's resolutions necessarily for myself, but really like I took that time to really kind of reassess like my values and, you know, even with my kids, like slowing down enough to be able like as a mother, like my oldest is just turned 17. Like he's only got another year and a half before he probably goes off as an adult. And, um, so really just like, what is, you know, am I continuing to like teach my children lead by example, you know, all of, all of these things. And for me, that's health. like that comes back to me. And like, I feel healthy. I feel good. I feel like I'm fulfilling like my job and my purpose here. So, you know, those are kind of my goals and really, and also like my body, right? Like being sick, I really had to listen. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I have all this time like to do A, B, and C, but I would start like a project and I'd be like, okay. So listening to my body and that's usually my kind of self-assessment. Like, how's my digestion? Like, do I have, am I getting a lot, am I getting more headaches lately? That was another thing, like kind of put me back into the headache realm, which I've kind of gone away from. So it's like, what am I, what do I need? Like, do I need to drink more water? Do I need, do I need more sleep? Do I need more rest? So I think it's like, for me, um, they're very personal goals. And I really, and I think like, that's important too, because I've always been fairly healthy. Like I've always exercised. I've always eaten right. Like all my pregnancies, I was like, it's going to be perfect, you know? And this is like, you know, a different time for me where I'm like business and children and new house and you know, all these different things. So I'm like, so I really think like sometimes your goals will, will change and that's okay because this isn't like that short-term quick fix thinking like four weeks or six weeks or new year's resolution. It's like for life. And I mean, I'm thinking like, I'm going to live a long time. I want to be able to do a lot of things. So like slow and easy is okay right now. And I'm okay with that. So <laughs> And I try to work with my patients like that. Like you got to think long-term, like you may have to change some serious things, like, and they may not be ready to hear it. So you kind of work with that, with that, with them. And that's where Lori really like will come in as a health coach and work on some of those behaviors and like dig a little deeper. Um, but that, you know, I know one of the topics we had talked about is like, how do you can keep your patients or your clients like going in the long term. And that is a struggle because people do come in and they want something, boom, they've watched all these shows, they're on social media, they see like all these people changing. And, you know, the reality is it's like a half pound to one pound per week long term, you know, and you're going to have like fluctuations. Um, so, you know, a lot of that is changing that mindset. But you like the patients ultimately may have to change a lot of things about their life over time, like they're drinking friends or their friends that they're always going out for, you know, appetizers or desserts. And, 
you know, maybe they're very sedentary lifestyle, but people who are really successful are the ones who have changed like almost who they are, like how they see themselves, like what they do on vacations. Like it's not just sitting on the beach with a, you know, the eye tie and getting a foot massage, you know, they're actually like going and being more active on their mm-hmm. vacations and doing, you know, a nature, something in nature and hiking and things like that. So a lot of that is like, you know, it takes work and it takes time and it's not, it's not going to be a month. It's not going to be two months. Like this is, you're in it for the long haul if you're going to be successful. Yeah. That just made me think of actually, I listened to something about personality. It was like saying that you can change your personality. So that sounds funny, but when you think of it and you think back to why you have these personality traits, could be some, someone said something to you growing up, like you're chubby, you're this, or you're not smarter, you can't do math. And then you start saying to yourself, I'm really bad at math and I, I can never lose weight. And those kind of personality traits, you almost live them and you are them. And then other people perceive you as that too. And um, I guess with the podcast that I listened to, it was saying how it, a little bit with affirmations, how saying, you know, I'm really great at losing weight. I have no struggles with, you know, math. I can really achieve anything I want to achieve. And you give this aura, you have this aura about you and you give off this energy that you can do all of these things. Then people look at you and say, wow, she's really doing this. She's losing weight. She's, you know, killing it in her career. She's doing all these things. And then it's just a constant feedback system where now you are getting it from other people and you're feeling, wow, they believe in me. And it's just a whole different thing. So with your personality, right? I think really like Wendy said, looking at your values, what are you valuing and what do you want to value in yourself? And if that means a personality change in a way where I'm not going to be so down on myself, I'm not going to say these things that I'm struggling, even if you are like keeping it to yourself a little bit and saying like, I'll overcome this eventually, but change your thought patterns, that mindfulness, like Lori talked about, change your thought patterns, change how you, you personally view yourself and say you can do these things and it it's a putting it out there that energy and it's a constant feedback so i think that's really important sometimes um the challenge too like I, i'll talk about my own challenge with uh sugar and i had to get myself to a point where i used to set goals and uh they were probably unachievable and they you know i didn't do the smart goals back when i really had to get my my arms around my sugar uh, my sugar ad- addiction, I'll call it for lack of a better term. But then my husband said something to me and that really clicked in my head because every year I would give up sweets for Lent. And I, he said to me one time, oh, here we go again. There we go again, because I never did it for the whole time. And I said, I, I don't know what clicked in my head. And I think it's Wendy said the readiness to change. And when you set goals, you have to think about where you are and that readiness to change because something clicked in me in that year I was like I'm doing it this year he's not gonna say here we go again so I think that the readiness to change is important and one thing just to mention too on strategies or help something to help you is like you said Sarah the tracking in like my fitness pal sometime an old-fashioned notebook people who use an old-fashioned notebook and they put maybe their diary each day, maybe what their goals are, and then they can look back on it. Many of them also bought calendars, like just go to a paper calendar that they can write things in. That's what I did for my suites. But so many of the people I work with with health coaching, 
they write in, ooh, I exercised today. They can look back on it and feel good. All right, last week I did it two days and then the next week they did it three days. So I think those are different strategies to help people achieve their goal or try to achieve their goal. Definitely. I think with, like you had said, the readiness to change, if you don't know it already, check out the stages of change model and see where you're at. You know, where are you contemplating still? Are you in the pre-contemplation stage where you haven't even thought about these things? If you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're in the contemplation stage because you're thinking about making that change and you want to, but just then, you know, it just becomes something that you have to see where you're at and meet yourself there and say, okay, maybe it is one day a week where I'm making this change. Next week, it's two, three, four, it adds up. And that's how you really make change sustainable and, and happen. And that's how you reach your goals too. And I, yes. I, I wanted to just say like, in working with like, not just for us, like, not just for ourselves, because I think, you know, we do try to practice what we preach, mm-hmm. but, you know, having patients, like, for example, I had a patient yesterday and she's like very type A, she's very busy. She's a single woman, you know, trying to take care of herself financially, like not retired, but getting to that point where some of her friends are retired and she still has to work. And, um, and she's busy, she's busy. And I, you know, if I say like, oh, you have to spend like all these hours, like, you know, planning and preparing and meal, like spend all day Sunday, like meal prepping that works for some people and they love it. And it's like, when someone comes in like that, I'm like, wow, like my job (laughs) is so easy. Right. But not everyone, most people don't, right. That's like a small percentage and, you know, and they have it down. Like, that's awesome. But when you're working with someone like this, who, you know, really wants to be healthy and they, you know, this patient exercises, it's really the, the meal, you know, like having healthy dinners at the end of the day when she's tired. Ready. And so it's like, all right, well, let's make this work. So even if like part of that meal, you know, if you're stopping at Dave's, which is one of our local marketplaces here, grocery stores, there are some prepared foods there that are okay. Like if you want to want to get the chili glazed salmon, you know, and that beats like picking something up on the way home, you know, at fast food or ordering Grubhub or something, mm-hmm. then have those things available. And then maybe you make a salad on the side because you like salads and maybe you do a bag salad. Like it's okay. If that is the choice between like not eating any vegetables and having a bag salad and putting it all together. I mean, I try to say like, try to get organic, but you know, supply chain shortages, you know, are difficult, <laughs> but so it's like each person and she was like, well, I feel like I can do that. All right. Well, good. Then we got somewhere. Right. Because I'm not telling her like, I'm sorry, you're not going to be successful unless you do a, B and C. And she's like, I just can't do it. So she'll mm-hmm. throw it out and feel again, like a failure because she can't get her life together. Right. So I think like, that's where, you know, just list like where we come in because, you know, fortunately we do have the ability and as our person, like with our, who we are as a group, we've got a great group. We listen, right. We really listen. We're not just sitting there like, you know, here's the plan. Like we're listening to each person and their situation. We ask a lot of questions. We process like with, based on our experience and our education, like how to move forward with this patient and you have to meet them where they're at. And you got to dig a little bit because some people are going to 
pretend like, you know, they're going to put on a little front at first, maybe. Um, but, you know, that's really important too. And I, that's where I think what makes a difference between someone being successful and not as a patient or client, like, are you, are, you know, are we as practitioners, like listening to them to see where they're at and what's their realistic next step and helping to guide them in that so that then they can take the next step. And that's what I would say are like, that makes the difference between someone who's successful and not. If someone comes in like, you know, and they're like, I'm ready. And then like the next for the follow-up, they're like, I've done like, it, they're like, <laughs> I'm here. I've arrived. It's like, yeah. it's rubber band that like, you're like, okay, when is that going to spring back? <laughs> it's like that one step, one step, like change, you know, yes. men, they're like that new person in a way they've had that like personality change like <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. I think it's uh, like, we need to meet, we always as dietitians, as you know, practitioners, as health coaches, personal, like we meet you where you're at, what can you do? But then it's about really you as the client meeting yourself where you're at because I see all the time, you know, they say, I have time every day to work out. I have time to do 30 minutes. Like I should be doing this. Like, and then they set that goal and in their head, it's, I should be doing this. I have the time I need to do it. But realistically, that's not how we make a habit change. Like we can't just say, well, it's true. Like, you know, I can do this, so I'm going to do it. Some people do, some people are, you know, and it does take getting into like sometimes a week or two of doing that, hitting the gym or, you know, getting on the Peloton every day and it's a habit there, but really realistically, we want to say, you know, two to three times a week to start. And then we start growing from there because as you do that two to three weeks, you build confidence on, I met this goal. When we say I'm going to do every day and you don't meet that goal, that's where you start to feel like I didn't meet this goal. I'm not going to succeed. I'm, you know, I'm doing terrible at this and just kind of get down on yourself. But when you set the goal, not too far at first and start building off of that goal, you will continue, continually build confidence and then be able to be at the gym every day because you do make the time and it is important to you and back to your values. So I just wanted to say that. And um, I was going to introduce the next thing that we wanted to talk about because I wanted to ask Zoe because I want to see what she thinks for physical activity wise, why people fall off of their goals quickly there? Um, yeah, so going back to what Lori said, I think it's there. Um, they're not ready to change and they're not ready to take responsibility for their own life. That's what I see like most of the time. And a lot of it is excuses. Like, um, you know, if I have a 6.30 a.m. class and I have a few people that religiously come, but a lot of people will say, you know, that's too early. I want to, you know, sleep in. I don't want to get out of bed, blah, blah, blah. And um, then they're just making excuses for themselves. And then they say, oh, next time I'll do it. And then next time comes around and they don't do it. And then they're like, oh, you know, I just want to get back in shape by myself and then go to a class or then seek help. But then they're putting the blame back on themselves. So they don't continually let you down and it's not like they're letting me down but they're letting themselves down because you know they're saying they're gonna come and you know make changes in their life or they keep talking about making changes in their life and they don't and then they complain to you about it 
And then you say, well, why don't you just come to class then? And they say, nope, too early. So I think the main reason people fall off is because, not like to rant about it, but it's because they're not ready to take responsibility for their own life. And if you're not ready to do that, then you're not going to make any changes and you're not going to do the things that you need to do to be healthy. And if you just force yourself, like some days, yeah, I don't want to exercise or work out. But when I know and like, when I have rest days, I'll take a walk or something. But when I know I am able to do it that day, I'm just being lazy, then I take the extra step to force myself to do that. And then I feel much better after. But it's take, because I know that I, it gives me like more, t- more steps towards my goal, but also it um, keeps me on track and it keeps me accountable. And so if I do that, then I'm accountable for my own life and responsible for my own life and then I have no excuses for you know or then when I don't say if I don't reach my goal or don't reach my what I want to achieve then I can say I tried everything I did in order to do that rather than oh well I didn't do this I didn't make this because I didn't do this but in reality like you just have to take responsibility for yourself and some people aren't ready for that and that's fine but then don't put it on your provider if you're not ready Mm -hmm. for it (laughs) and that's all I have to say about that (laughs) I love it it's true it's very true and right it's meeting you where you're at are you ready to change or not (laughs) well another thing I want to just add to and Lori you might like want to speak to this too but like I think like first goals you have to have that value too like how like if I'm going to ask because there's been times in my life where I've woken up at like the crack like every morning or like before work and like I was committed right to whatever it was and then there's other times where I'm like you know I feel like just walking versus running and going to the gym things like that but each time when I look at it there was a value associated with it what was I trying to achieve with that exercise well at one point in my life I needed to walk because I didn't need that like running like you know, like I'm getting out there and doing that. I needed to relax a little bit more. I still need to exercise, but I need to think more. I just needed like oxygen and I needed like that part, like to be more like my time of almost relaxing, but still it was healthy for me. And then other times, like my goal was like to get ready for, you know, my wedding or to get back to uh, my pre-baby weight or, you know, to manage stress, right? Because I have super stress. And when I would run, my anxiety would like go down or I'd have time to like think in a different way and process problems or, you know, whatever. So that at the end of my run, I was like, it's fine. Like everything's good. Right. So I think with each thing, whether it's like nutrition diet or the exercise, like any type, like even self-care, like, you know, what is the value of that? You may not associate any value with self-care. Why do I need to go? And like, get a facial. I don't have time for that. I have, I need to, you know, do A, B, and C. So why would you prioritize something if you don't give it value? If you don't give exercise value, if you don't give eating healthy value. Why would you do it? You feel like you should like, maybe, you know, like you see your parents and you're like, okay, I'm on this way, like to be like them, but you know, what's, like, what about for you? Like, do you not, what is the value with that? I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to like have a cane at, you know, 65 or be a walker, have to sit down when 
my family is like going to an amusement park. So, but what's your value for you? Like, not that you don't want to be like that, but you want to be able to do this and this. So to get there, that takes priority. So I think like, even with my own self, like I've had different values and why I would do things. And like, sometimes in my life, I didn't give something value. Something had more value. And I think that's important too. Sarah, uh, Lori, we have a patient that we both work with where it's very frustrating, like making the change. But I think the value of some of her things right now are below some of her other priorities, like taking care of parents or children, you know, in more critical times. So I think that's why you're like, sometimes you're trying to push something up there when there's too much other things up here. So you have to just make that room for it. So you can keep some maintenance level and not lose your health while you're taking care of other people or whatever it is. Right. And I think already you're right. And there's two things, two comments I want to make. Um, the value, I, lo I love that word you used. The th two things is we have, you have to figure out like, what is driving you to do this? And sometimes if it's somebody else or something else, somebody else pushing you or somebody saying it's the right thing to do, it needs to be within you. It needs to be within you to say, I really want to make these changes. And again, it all goes back to the time of change, the, um, the readiness to change. And with somebody who has all this stuff going on and they really still want to keep their health goals when they have all the family and things pulling at them, if they could just take a little time or something for them each day, it's so beneficial because then they'll feel like, oh, I have, I'm still working through my goals. I'm still doing something for me. I'm still trying to be healthy and I can still help. But it's very difficult for people to carve that out and carve those that even 10 minutes just to carve that out because they get wrapped up in other things. It has to be a priority. It has to have that readiness to change. That is the most important. Thing. And you have to go deep when you're working with somebody, you have to go deep to try to really understand what is driving, what is driving them to think the way they're thinking or want to make these changes and help them understand that. Oh, sorry, I froze for a second. <laughs> but <laughs> so everything was like, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I wanted to just wrap this up. Um, for us and I actually wanted to really quickly ask everyone, um, I'll start, but um, if anyone has one piece of advice or little thing that they could do every day to help them stay on track. Um, and mine would be to, um, let's see, have a priority list. Yes, love it. Um, yeah, I actually, I do think making a list, that's probably one of the big ones for me too. I kind of map out my day, not too crazy because I realize like that can be too intense, like when you do to the hour or anything like that, but just map out your day. And as you go through the day, it's the same feedback system where when you check something off, you've accomplished something, it feels rewarding, and then you want to accomplish the next thing. So, I, you know, that would bring me to mine, which is kind of taking that time in the morning to map out your day, have a list to meditate even for five minutes, or as Lori says to 30 seconds, 60 seconds, like just take that quick time to, you know, be present. 
before you jump into the day, before you even grab your phone, because that's a big one too. Um, that reward system, when you look at your phone and you start looking at all these things, you actually release dopamine and that dopamine makes you feel good. And then when you go throughout your day, sometimes it's hard to meet that dopamine and it might not be met right when you're getting dressed to own into work and not feeling great about like having to start your day and do those things. So that was a big thing for me is to not reach for the phone first thing in the morning, you know, shut your alarm off if you do that, but don't go on social media. Don't do things like that. Get right into being present, make your coffee, have some time to just be present and, and think about your day and what um, intention you want to set for the day. And that could just be a total of five minutes, but kind of doing that helps to plan out your day and, and be present for the day. Uh, I so I agree with everything you said, Sarah. I love that, and I think that's a, that is so important. And I'm just going to add one more thing to that because this is what works for me: is that mm -hmm. go out and buy a darn paper calendar that you can write on that calendar what you did. I get this. So at the end of the night, I get my paper calendar and I look at it and I make my little notes. If I didn't have sweets that day, if I met my exercise goal and I put little, I have little symbols on it. And then I look back at it and I say, Ooh, look at how good I did this month. Oh, I need to work on this. And also it helps for that morning because you can plan for your morning. And sometimes you can plan at night, say, all right, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this. And you can, mm -hmm. it can be part of your decompression time before you go to bed. So just to add to your, cause I love that morning, just spending five minutes. And sometimes People like me, as soon as my feet hit the ground, I'm like ready. I'm ready to get my day going, get my workout in. So I find it that at night, I just take a few minutes every night to just look at my day. How did I do? And then what am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. I think, right. Those are like those quiet times. First thing in the morning and right at night. And I get up like an extra hour early because I, I need to have that time for myself. Like I, I do a two hour thing because I need an hour before I jump into any, and not that, like, I actually wake up pretty alert. <laughs> so that's just more of like me needing that time. Cause I could, I'm like a very much of a morning person. Like I love getting up early. So it's just like to have that, but you're right. Setting the goals and then kind of reevaluating at the end of the day, did I meet those morning goals and how can I do better tomorrow? And that's how you continually reassess. You set the goal, reassess, set the goal, reassess, because it's not just like Wendy had said, it's not just setting a goal and having to meet that goal, your goal will change. So if you just set them, you know, look at your week, look at your days. Can I make these goals? Are they realistic for me? And every day at the end saying, well, what, what happened during that day that made me not be able to meet the gym? Was it a phone call that really disrupted my day? And, you know, I had to go run here, run there. What was it? And how can I avoid that next time? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll just finish up for the group, like with my, my goal, but this is something I'm continually kind of striving for because with like four children and fortunately this year, it's only two schools. I have to drop them off. At one point it was four different schools. And I was like, so my mornings and my afternoons like are kind of kooky sometimes. And so it's going from like, you know, the chaos of like, get in the car, you know, to, yes. Oh my gosh. And some things I've really let go. Like, I'm like, you guys are responsible for your own breakfast and like all this, but, um, so for me, it's like, 
after I'm in that mentality, like how do I slow down, you know, before and, and like switch over gear, switch gears, like dietitian, businesswoman, like all this stuff. And so, you know, and my goal is with my patients even to really like, almost like the practice, my goal is, and it's like, I'm still working on this too, is for this to also be like my spiritual practice, because, you know, what I do every day, I feel like it is my purpose. And I know you girls feel the same way about your job, too, just knowing you. And so if this is my purpose, like if this is what I'm here, one of the big things I'm here to do, it's not everything I'm here to do, but it's important to me. Mm-hmm. Then I like I, everything I'm doing with my patients, I am like, I'm fully present, but I have to switch over from this gear to this gear in order to do that. And I can't be thinking, oh my God, my list of things I have to do. Yeah. So, so that time is really important and creating that space to like calm down and almost like that, again, that's kind of spiritual piece where, you know, the next person that come, my patient that comes in, I'm giving them everything, but not even just me. Like that is kind of that, what I hope to do. And I'm, you know, is that spiritual piece? Like, how can I help this person heal? Not just like for myself, but even, you know, if I'm giving, giving, giving all day by the end, I'm like, I have nothing. So like bringing in that spiritual piece where that energy isn't just you, it's like that spiritual energy too. It doesn't tap you out as much. It almost like provides you with that energy and that insight and that direction and that clarity of how to help that patient. And when I do take that time before I see a patient to actually like, like almost ask for that and receive that, it's amazing. Like how that appointment goes or that time with that patient, like by the end, it, you know, like, I'm like, how did that happen? Like, how do we figure that? That patient's doing so much better, like all these things. And it's like, it's great. Like, I love it. And I don't take full credit. I mean, yes, I'm like doing my job and I have, you know, like what I'm supposed to do, but you know, I really find when I take that time, it's a different end story. Like it's a different end game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really feel like with our practice, we all do, you know, like just from knowing how each of us works, like who we are as people, you know, that's really what I think we give our patients that I don't think most people are getting, you know, through a, um, healthcare, you know, office or private practice or in the world, you know, like even everyday life, people aren't getting this. I think that work we offer to people, it gives like a respite and a place to heal, but with that science, scientific background as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's kind of that unspoken energy that you have to harness and then, right, give to your patients and kind of take that time to really make it, I guess, less about you, right? We have to kind of transition and make it more about the client in that time, but just letting, you know, as you said, kind of opening that space for whatever to come through you to give to them in that spiritual way. It is really great. And that's something that not a lot of people take the time to do because it is such a go, go, go world that we forget that that actually is very powerful. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Nutrition Uncovered. We're on social media. Our website is Rhode Island Nutrition Therapy. We'd love to hear what your thoughts on it and anything that you'd like to hear on this podcast. Have a great day.